Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al Lundy. I'm a permanent deacon here in the Peoria Diocese, and it's a pleasure to be with you again tonight. So we have this mailbag where if you have questions, you can write in about your faith, uh, about the Catholic faith or the Christian faith. If you have questions about uh, things you like, things you don't like, things you don't understand, things you want more information on, we'll be glad to uh, look into them and answer them here on the air for you. But one thing, since we're just coming off of the season of Christmas, uh, one thing we, we I always get questions on uh, and this has come up again, is the amount of uh, reverence that we show Mary in the Catholic faith. And it's not just the Catholic faith. The Orthodox faith uh, does as well. Um, and some, some others kind of touch on the importance of Mary, but they don't give, it, give her the amount of, of uh, time and uh, reverence that the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church do. And they wonder, why do we do that? Well, there's, there's a lot of good reasons. Uh, one is uh, scriptural. Uh, we know that Mary is the, is uh, very special in in God's eyes and and certainly instrumental in in Christ's life in in God becoming incarnate as man couldn't do it without Mary uh, created Mary for that purpose I mean knew her from the womb uh, at her conception flooded her with his grace when Gabriel meets her uh, he says hail full of grace. And Mary didn't know what that meant. She'd never heard that kind of a title. That wasn't just saying hello. That was her title, was Mary, was full of grace. Hail a woman full of grace. So that grace had been with her since the very beginning of her conception. So if she's important to God, certainly she should be important to us. As I say, she carries a very special place in, in the, the life of the Trinity. She was uh, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the handmaid of God, the mother of Jesus Christ, there's no other human in, in all of history who had that kind of a tie to God himself. And so I think it's important that we realize that. Then we look at a woman who was totally obedient to the will of God. And how many of us can say that? How many of us can say that we follow everything has, that God has wanted uh, us to do or be in our lives? Uh, how many of us can say that we were, we've been completely uh, devoted and obedient to God. Uh, no one I can think of other than the Virgin Mary. And so for these reasons, yes, she is very special to our faith because she is so special to the life of Christ and to the will of God. Uh, I, I, I always think of Mary as, um, you know, here's a woman who uh, laid Christ in a wooden manger at his birth and held Christ as he was brought from a wooden cross at his death. I mean, no one else in, in the history of the scripture uh, was with Christ all the time. His entire life, she was instrumental in it. And so uh, that's why. I mean, it, it's no real mystery. And so we hold her in a special place of, of reverence. Do we worship Mary? No, absolutely not. She's not a goddess. She's not equal to God, but she's certainly important to God. And so that's why she's important to us. I, I hope that makes sense to anyone who has questions. If, if that still doesn't explain it to you, or you, you have a counter argument to that, happy to talk to you about it. You can write us at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org and uh, be happy to carry on the conversation. But I, I think it's just so important for us to realize uh, the incredible importance and dignity of Mary 
And by showing Mary the dignity that we do, we give dignity to all women and especially to mothers. Um, it's That's such an important role in the life of church. Family is, is the core of the community of the church. And so motherhood is held in, in special dignity uh, by, by Catholics and, and hopefully by, by you. So if you have any questions about that, uh, please continue to write us at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. So this weekend, we're uh, entering into ordinary time. So we're, we're putting the Christmas time behind us. We enter into ordinary time. And part of that uh, ordinary time People think, well, it's just it's just regular. No, that's not what ordinary means. Uh, when the church talks about ordinary time, we're, we're talking about in relationship to uh, counting. So the ordinary is numbers. Our, their, our, our weeks are ordered in ordinary time, and we're counting towards the next great feast. So really, we have uh, four major seasons in, in the church. We have the season of uh, Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter, and then those those are broken into uh, two sections with a, a portion of ordinary time between them. So right now we're counting to Lent, and then Lent is going to lead us into Easter. Easter will lead us into ordinary time, which will lead us back into Advent, which will lead us back into Christmas. And so that's how the liturgical year is laid out. So the, the color in the church for ordinary time is green, because what we're doing right now as we count our way towards Lent is growing in our faith. So the readings are, are all about understanding our faith better, uh, understanding some of the some of, the, of, our, of our core beliefs, uh, and growing in those as we enter into the major feast days. Oh, all that said, um, following this weekend, uh, as far as secular holidays, is uh, Martin Luther King Day, and and I big fan of of Martin Luther King. Um, he was a major part of of my youth. I, I was born in the mid-50s. And so by the time I was becoming aware of world events and watching the news with, with my uh, mother and father, um, gosh, remember network news that used to come on at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock each night. And I watched that because Batman came on next. So you had to watch, you had to watch the news so you had a good seat uh, to watch Batman and, uh, and also uh, Johnny Quest. So that's where I was in my life. I was I was kind of balancing between Batman, Johnny Quest, the Vietnam War, and Martin Luther King. We're all kind of mixed together at that time. And uh, my father my father was a big fan of of Martin Luther King. Uh, he was uh, I don't I I don't know what he was like in his in his personal life, but in his public life, uh, he made a lot of sense, and he accomplished so much good. Uh, for so many people, uh, especially for uh, for the minorities that that he battled for, but he did it in such a respectful, uh, peaceful, legal way, and I miss that. Oh, I miss that. I look at the at the news today and how how people uh, want to shut other people up, and they do it in such a disrespectful and violent and and often obscene way. And I, I wish so much for leadership like was shown by Martin Luther King. And I found this, this passage uh, from him that I, that I just really love. So this is, this is from Martin Luther King talking about uh, the power of, of light and the meaning of love. And I think this ties into uh, so much of the teachings of Christ. 
In one of his speeches, he declared, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So his words and his, his commitment to this path of light and love, uh, they're, they're an echo of biblical tradition. So it's definitely seen in his readings. And it's something that, in, in these readings today, but it's something that, that we don't see enough in our world today. And I, and I miss that. So uh, I, I invite you this Martin Luther King Day to uh, take some time and, and look up some of his writings. Uh, his uh, I Had a Dream speech, of course, is, is timeless and so brilliantly written. And I just wish we had people today who were leaders uh, of whatever you believe in, that, that if you had the skill and, and the, the decency that, that Martin Luther King had in his teachings. And they are so reflective of, of the teachings of Christ. And, and I'll share one example of, of how he affected my father. So we had uh, 50s and 60s, you know, neighborhoods were segregated for the most part. I mean, uh, it wasn't that unusual that neighborhoods were not only segregated by color, but nationalities. You know, the town I lived in, the the South End was, prim- was primarily um, Italian and Irish, and the north end of the town was primarily Polish. So there was even, there was even these dividing lines between your neighbors uh, based, based on your nationality, your heritage, your traditions. We had, we had parishes. My, my, my home parish was very Irish, even had a very Irish name. And uh, uh, the parishes on, on, on the north had, had uh, very Polish names, and to the east of us, very Polish names. So there, there, was, that, there was that difference. So we had um, we had a, a, a very nice uh, family, a, a black family, moved into our neighborhood. This is early '60s, and or mid '60s, mid '60s. And I remember a neighbor coming to our door, which was unusual. A lot of neighbors came to our door. My my parents were pretty popular, and uh, he had a, a a petition that he wanted my dad to sign. My dad invites him in. He's standing inside the the front door of our living room. And he asked my dad if he'd sign this petition. And he said, what's it for? He says, well, as you know, a black family has moved into the neighborhood and uh, we don't like that. So we're taking up a a petition telling them we think they should leave. And there, I could see from where I was, there's quite a few signatures on this page. And my dad goes, really? And I've, I'm not going to say the neighbor's name. We'll just call him Jim. And my dad says, Jim, you're, you're a church-going guy. And Jim said, yeah. And my dad said, then you remember uh, the, the story in the New Testament about uh, Jesus chasing the merchants out of the, uh, out of the temple? And he says, yeah. And my dad says, we're going to reenact that. And he spun the guy around, grabbed him by the collar and the belt, and heaved him out our front door over the porch, past the porch, into the yard, just heaved this guy. My dad was a big fella. He was over six foot tall and a, had been a, a wrestler in the Navy. He's, he's, he's no, no little guy. He heaved this guy through the air out of our front door and said, don't ever come back to my house and talk like that again. So that's how I grew up. And that's, that was, you know, after watching King on the television, I know he had a, hum, a huge impact on my father. And, uh, I'm so proud of him for what he did. And as we, we celebrate uh, uh, Martin Luther King Day 
Again, I, I hope you'll take some time to stop and not only read what he's written, but really think about it and think about who, how our, quote, leaders behave. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but I, I'll t- tell you that I, I vote more for character than anything else. And I don't think there's enough, I don't think we have enough people of character running for office. I don't think we necessarily have the right people getting into office. So uh, let this be kind of a, uh, you know, add this to your, to your moral compass as to how you, how you look at, at who we want as our leaders and how they lead us. Because what we see today is, I, I just personally find very embarrassing. Uh, as we get into a new year, and we're just a couple weeks into that, um, it's been a tough year for nonprofits. Between uh, inflation and recession and the, uh, all the things that went on with uh, the pandemic, uh, a lot of uh, nonprofits are suffering from, in their fundraising. Catholic Spirit Radio is not immune to that. And uh, we finished the year a little bit behind where we wanted to be on our fundraising, a little bit behind where we need to be in order to keep the mission of Catholic uh, Spirit Radio alive and flourishing. So as you make your plans for the new year, I'm going to ask you to look prayerfully at your at your personal budget or your family budget and see if you can't set a few dollars aside to help uh, continue the mission of this radio station. It's completely operated by uh, volunteers from the, the top of our administration to even the, the lowly folks doing the, the uh, bits of talk programs that we have here, like, like Good News. Uh, this is all being done by volunteers. Uh, even uh, vacuuming the carpets is being done by volunteers. Uh, I mean, start to finish. So we've done an incredible job of, of growing in the last 10 years. Uh, what started out as simply a very small uh, broadcast area here in Bloomington Normal has now expanded to cover a lot of central Illinois, and we're continuing to grow, and we're looking at new markets to get into, and it it's not inexpensive, but this is a determined group, especially our our fearless leader, John Hall, who is determined in, in his personal mission, uh, in his devotion to, uh, uh, to the uh, evangelization of, of uh Christ's uh, word and life. And so we're asking you to prayerfully look at you, at how you're spending uh, any excess dollars that you have. And no amount is too small. No amount is too large, but no amount is too small. And we would appreci- appreciate anything you could do to, to help us. And if you go to our website at catholicspiritradio.org, you'll see a, a little button for donate and it'll tell you all the different ways that you can do that. And if you can't give us uh, any kind of financial support, please give us your prayer support. Uh, that that means so, so much to us. Uh, we know that, that prayer works. Uh, we're huge believers in, in the power of prayer and in the, uh, the graciousness of God to uh, help those who are, who are trying to do good work in his name. And so pray for us if you, if you cannot help us in any other way, or if you, you can help us with both financial resources and prayers, that's even better. And we'll return the, the gift by praying for you. If you have a prayer need in your life, there's another button on there to well, pray for me. And uh, we would be happy to, uh, to include you in our personal daily prayers as well. So as I mentioned before, we're entering into ordinary time. I'm actually counting the weeks, it's like it's going to be Easter before we know it. It's so hard to believe. I mean, we just left Christmas, but this year, 
uh, we're going to be into Lent and you know for our 40 days and then jump right into uh, Easter, the most important time of the year. Everybody thinks about Christmas as the big uh, Christian holiday, but it's not. It's not. Easter, everything that, that uh, the salvation story is about uh, is encapsulated in, in Easter time in just a week. Everything you need to know about our salvation through the love of Christ uh, is is laid out before us in, in, in the Holy Week of Easter. So our readings today, uh, again, we're still looking, uh, we're still reading from uh, the prophet Isaiah in our first reading. Our, uh, our second reading is going to be uh, from Paul, and our gospel is from John, and that's going to be pretty much the pattern we're going to see through most of, of ordinary time, not through all of it, but through most of it. It's going to be a lot of Isaiah, a lot of Paul, and a lot of John. So our first reading, as I say, is from Isaiah. And uh, the prophet writes, The Lord said to me, You are my servant, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him, and Israel gathered to him. And I am glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. And what I love about this reading, this is not only the prophet saying that he's submitted himself as a servant to God, and God has accepted that and says, you know, that's not enough. It's not just enough that you serve me. I need you to bring others back to me because uh, the tribes of, of Israel, tribes of Jacob, have uh, have for centuries now been kind of in and out of God's favor by their choice, not by God's. God continues to love them as as his chosen people, as he promised Abraham. But my gosh, here's here's a people who... They, they stick with God until things get really good, and they say, well, we can do this on our own. We don't need God anymore. And as soon as they do that, their their whole uh, society begins to fall apart. And after, and it, that usually ends up in, in a war and with, with them being uh, taken prisoners, taken as slaves. The tribes of, of Israel uh, have been disbanded and, and, and scattered across the, the, the Middle East. And then they realize this all happened because we abandoned God. And so they start to draw back together again and, and, and ask for God's forgiveness and start coming closer to God again. And, and God receives them, receives them again as his chosen people. And everything starts getting good again. And once it gets really good, they say, oh, we don't need God anymore. Things are really good. We can do this on our own. And people say, well, how can, and they do this like seven, eight times. And you look at this as you read through scripture and you say, how can they how can they get in this pattern and stay in it and you think you know what we've been in that pattern for thousands of years i mean even after christ was born and and we have all this evidence of god in our world and of god's love for us and we do exactly the same thing you know we talked a, a week or so ago about attendance at, at church really peaked probably uh after the 911 uh, and 911 uh uh, devastation. Churches were filled, not just Catholic churches, all churches were filled. We get really desperate and we turn to God. And where are we now? We're back to churches that are more than half empty. Where are those same people who ran 
for God's protection when things were really bad. Well, now they say, well, you know, I, I, uh, it's kind of inconvenient. Yeah, God's, God's good and I believe in God, but, you know, I really don't want to get up that early on a Sunday. I want to rest. I want to go golfing, whatever their reason. Um, and, you know, one thing that really irks me, uh, traveling sports leagues for the kids. I'm, I'm all for kids in, in being athletics. There's nothing wrong with that. I was, I was in, uh, like little league baseball and things like that when I was a kid. Um, but you didn't do it on Sundays. You didn't do it on Sundays. That was, that was the time to be in church. You have your butt in church, young man. Uh, you know, and, and this goes for kids of all ages, even adult kids. Uh, this is not the time to be in front of the television or outside playing or, you know, fixing the, the, your cars up or whatever your hobby is. First thing Sunday, you go to church. And uh, we've lost that. We've, we've said, you know what? I've, I found out I can do this without God. Oh, I believe in God, like God, good guy, good guy, done some great stuff, but uh, give up uh, an hour or two of my life in a, every week. I don't know. I don't know. That just seems like a lot. We've become so self-focused, self, so egotistical as a society. So much of the society has become so egotistical. And, uh, Look where it's gotten us. We're a mess. Look at the crime rates. Look, look at the mess that, uh, that, that these, not only big cities, but small cities are in. I mean, everybody's going through this. We are going to go to, to San Francisco. My wife and I were looking at doing a trip at some point. Um, she has one thing on her bucket list, and that's to see a big tree. That's what she wants. She wants my wife would be the happiest woman I, I know if she could just see a really, really big tree. She wants to see a sequoia. So I did some checking. I thought, oh, we can we can uh, fly to San Francisco, pretty good price, and hop on a, a bus tour, take you through the wine country, Sequoia takes you up into Oregon, and then uh, back down again. And it was fairly reasonably priced. And I had some friends who had just come back from San Francisco. They said, you don't want to go to San Francisco. It's a mess. It's a, you can't even walk on the sidewalks. Um, you can't get to a lot, a lot of the, the major sites that most of the tourists would want to see to say, hey, I've been to San Francisco and saw this. Said so it's, it's just terrible. And uh, uh, human feces on the sidewalks and uh, used needles and things like that. Like, not as if new needles would be better. <laughs> you know, oh, they have new needles everywhere in San Francisco. You ought to go. No, there's, there's just these, you know, and, and the tent cities and everything just everywhere. And the crime rate, and they said, it's just not safe. Don't go. So we're looking at a, at a different way of doing this uh, where we don't actually have to go to any of the major cities and try, f- try flying across country and not landing in a major city. Not easy. Not easy. So um, if you think getting away from God was a good thing, just take a moment and watch the news. Read a newspaper. Look around. Uh, things are not better because more people have gotten away from God. Uh, we, we're deceiving ourselves today, just as, as the tribes of Israel deceived themselves back in uh, back in the days of, of uh, Isaiah. And God is saying, "It's not enough that you serve me; I need you to draw people back to me." And so that's the really the real beauty of this. And now take out Isaiah and put in Christ. It's the same talk. You know, God is saying to Jesus, "It's too little that you be my servant." 
to re- I need you to restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations. So this is talking not only about Israel, about uh, Isaiah, but it's talking about Jesus and Jesus's purpose uh, as God becomes incarnate as man. We're going to jump right to the uh, right to the gospel uh, from John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." He is the one of whom I said, a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testifying further says, I see the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize him, to baptize with water told me, on whomever you see the spirit come down and remain, He is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. Pretty powerful stuff. And one question that always seems to arise out of this, and and it was one of the first things I thought of uh, growing up in the faith when, when I read this passage, was it's his cousin. How could he not know him? I mean, we hear earlier on that Mary and Elizabeth sent, spent time together, that that even in the womb, John recognized Jesus and, and leapt with joy. you telling me that from the time they were uh, in their mother's wombs until 30 years later, they never met? And I think, I think there's a couple ways this could have gone. Yeah, it's possible that he didn't know who Christ was, because remember, Elizabeth was extremely old when John was born. We don't know how long they lived for him to learn about Christ from his mother. So I don't know. But the other part is maybe they did meet. They did know each other. They, they did know they were cousins. But have you ever met somebody and even uh, known them, but didn't really know them? I mean, you really don't know the, you, you may recognize the person, but you don't know anything really beyond that. I mean, he knew Jesus was his cousin, knew Jesus was a carpenter. Um, Maybe he didn't know much beyond that. So now he realizes through the revelation from the Holy Spirit who Jesus really is. Now he really knows him. He didn't recognize him, or maybe, I'm sorry, he recognized him, but now he knows him and he understands that this is the Son of God. How many of us have met people in our lives uh, who were put there before us for our own good, for, for us to learn from, for, to, to help us grow as a person. And we never really recognize them till at one moment we realize this person really wants what's best for me. This person is really bringing something special into my life. That's how I, I, knew, I knew my wife in high school, but I didn't really know her. I mean, I recognized her. We were in some classes together. We were in band together, that kind of thing. But it wasn't until... Uh, we met in college, and I started dating her, and I realized God has put this woman in front of me to make me a better person. And I think that's what we see with with John and Jesus in this. Look for the people in your lives who make you a better person. Be drawn to them. Make the effort to recognize that this isn't just coincidence. This is, this is God uh, showing you his love by bringing you people to help you be a better person. Some things to think about is, as we enter, to this, enter into this new time in the church. Uh, we'll meet again next weekend here on Catholic Spirit Radio. And until then, may God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life.
Good night. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon L at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.